0: This is the Oanda Market Insights podcast with me, Johnny Hart, where we take a look at all the big business and market stories with Oanda, senior market analysts across the world. And today it's Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. We certainly live through historic times and the first business day of the brand new year, January the 4th was certainly historic. The first after Brexit, the day we started to roll out the AstraZeneca vaccine and to cap it all pm Boris Johnson announced a new lockdown. Where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, it wasn't the most straightforward start of the year. I think, obviously, the most noteworthy thing here in the UK was the new lockdown. We were going into January knowing there was going to be more restrictions. I think probably from the start of November, it was probably obvious that we were going to see restrictions in January, maybe even uh, a full lockdown. Once it became clear that the last lockdown was going to be ending at the start of December, the idea of people congregating, shopping, seeing family over Christmas over an initial five-day period, it seemed almost inevitable during a period when we were already expecting a spike because of the weather, because of people spending more time indoors. It almost seemed inevitable that we were going to see some restrictions or some severe restrictions come January. The new variants obviously made that even more... Uh, likely and I think the full lockdown that was announced yesterday was probably stricter than what people feared um uh, and it suggests that it's going to last um some time as well so not the most um promising of starts to the year I'm not sure it massively changes people's outlooks as far as the UK economy is concerned yes there's going to be more of an economic impact uh in in the first quarter as a result of the severity of this uh, uh of this lockdown but um there's one massive difference from now compared to just under a year ago and that is that vaccine it's the fact that vaccines are now being rolled out you can see the light at the end of the tunnel so you know that there is a time limited aspect of this obviously there's something about covid that has uh, the ability to throw a curveball our way the new variant was very much that so i think uh i don't think anyone would be surprised if there's a few more uh, there's a few more curveballs along the way but uh I think it wasn't the nicest start to the year, but the the fact that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I think is a massive difference maker.
0: Bearing in mind, the restrictions are a bit tougher than many had thought. What about the actual markets themselves? Yesterday, we saw some big rises, nearly 2%. Was that lockdown and rumours of it already priced in? And why did the markets go up so much?
1: I do think it was largely priced in, to be honest. Like I say, since the start of November when the last lockdown was implemented and we were told that it was going to reopen from the start of December, I think most people probably... thought that January was off the table, that we'd all be having a dry January to a certain extent. So I think it was quite priced into the markets, just maybe not the quite to the severity that had actually materialised. I think the the upside that we saw in these markets was probably due to a few different reasons. And to be honest, it didn't really last that long, broadly speaking. I mean, December was a massive month. It's almost easy to forget just how significant a month December was. We got a Brexit deal. That was massive and hugely important, especially when we're going through what we are Currently uh, over in the u.s. The fiscal stimulus package was agreed the spending bill was agreed which means no government shut down Earlier in the month, the EU um, found a compromise over its 21-27 budget, which could have dramatically reduced spending from this year. So, that was three massive deals that we saw uh, in December. On top of that, we had numerous vaccines that were both approved and started to be rolled out. This this, this is a huge amount of, um, of positive event risk that took place in December. So, maybe the start of January yesterday, I think there was... Probably just a little bit of relief trading, given these markets a lift, and the fact that we had the AstraZeneca news as well probably gave um, the UK market a bit of an extra lift also. But then there is still some downside risks. There's the near-term risks associated with this new strain and the lockdowns which we're seeing, not just here in the UK, but obviously Germany extended to the end of January as well. I'm sure there's going to be many countries that are going to see more severe restrictions in the near term. I think that probably weighed a little bit heading through the session and uh, may continue to be a bit of a drag potentially this month and I think the other thing as well the the Senate runoff uh, race for those two final seats in Georgia obviously if the Democrats win this then that leaves the Senate split 50-50 meaning the casting vote goes to Vice President Kamala Harris so this is a hugely significant runoff race and I wonder whether there was just a little bit of risk aversion or a little bit of apprehension uh, heading into that vote as well. Indeed.
0: We'll talk more about the coronavirus situation in a moment, but I wanted to ask you about Brexit. Obviously, we managed to avoid the cliff edge of a no deal. So far, things seem to have gone smoothly. No queues at port. There's also, though, the spectre of increased red tape. That's grabbed some of the headlines, as has a sizable chunk of money shifting from the city to the EU. They're saying £5 billion of city trading has jumped Ship. So the negatives are starting to seep through, but there was huge relief, and this is, of course, the first time we've spoken since uh, the Christmas break. Huge relief in the fact that we do have a deal, and uh, so far it's not gone too badly.
1: Well, I, th- I think, as you say, the the initial feeling is just relief. The last thing I think we needed right now was a No Deal Brexit, and I think the the situation with the pandemic in many ways was probably an increased incentive for both sides to get this deal done. And um, I think the markets have kind of shed my optimism around the deal for a number of months now, despite all the stuff that you hear in the media, um, despite um, Boris Johnson, for example, trying to convince us that Uh, an Australia-style deal uh, is perfectly fine for the UK. I think it's it's quite clear that neither side wanted no deal. So the initial feeling is certainly one of relief. There's going to be teething problems, but I think the fact that we actually secured a deal removes a lot of the issues that could have materialized. And I'm sure over the coming weeks and months, we're going to hear more and more stories about where this transition into the new relationship hasn't been particularly smooth and that these issues are hopefully going to be uh, worked through. But The situation we have right now is far more preferable to the alternative and I think that's the important thing.
0: Back to COVID-19 we're exceeding well in excess of 50,000 cases a day now with the new variant wreaking havoc we have a new lockdown it really is all down to the vaccine now isn't it it's a question of how quickly they can get it out how many vaccines they can actually produce enormous amount of pressure on one particular group and one particular company in astrazeneca it's almost we've bet the house on this vaccine because we've ordered these 100 million doses of it and without this news goodness knows where we'd be
1: right now without the spectre of the vaccine saving the day absolutely you can only imagine what 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 the situation would be like if it wasn't for people knowing that these vaccines are here and that in two to three months time, life will start to look far better. I think the vaccines are absolutely critical in this sense, in terms of people accepting uh, the lockdown. And people aren't gonna accept it easily. Let's not not kid ourselves. The first lockdown I think people accepted because we thought it was gonna be a short-term measure to deal with a situation we didn't really fully understand, but we knew uh, was uh, quite severe we're now eight months down the line so there's a lot more lockdown fatigue people have very much had enough with the situation now and as we've seen in follow-up restrictions there's maybe been a little bit of less adherence to uh, the rules and there's been more cases of people deciding how it applies to them uh, and I think people can be forgiven in many ways for having this kind of fatigue and having and the, the frustration that people have with the constant uh, restrictions and the inability to live their life in anything kind of resembling a normal way. This isn't an ideal situation for anyone. The fact that we've got the vaccines now may just make this last lockdown more tolerable, even though it's more severe than anything we've had since March. And maybe even the time of year makes it a little bit easier to take as well because I don't think most people um, have their busiest plans um, during the kind of January, early February period as well. So as long as these restrictions work over the course of the next six weeks, drive the R number down, drive um, down the number of uh, uh, of cases and, um, and hospitalizations then hopefully this could potentially be the, mo- the last uh, lockdown we have to live through. And that's, um, that's something I'm sure we can all agree is a positive.
0: Craig Earlham, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you.